Welcome to the Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. Today, I have with me Mr. Joseph Henson, who's an author of the book Amazon Marketplace Dilemma. Very interesting book. He's also founder of Buy Box Experts. And today we're going to discuss a very important subject. How can one participate in e-commerce platforms effectively, I would put it smartly, to grow the business profitably. Uh, Mr. Joseph Hansen, our guest today, is a seasoned entrepreneur and an e-commerce expert. He has founded and sold four brand companies. In 2012, Hansen founded Buybox Experts. It is a consultancy supporting brands on Amazon. Buybox experts provide strategic level advisory services to help executives and management teams to develop an Amazon strategy to control online brand equity, stabilizing pricing, and to improve product sales. The company also provides full-service account management to help organizations entirely outsource the day-to-day -day operations of the marketplace channels. By developing an innovative marketplace optimization strategy for e-retailers, Joseph has created an invaluable toolkit for brands which are looking to grow and control their e-commerce operations. Joseph holds a bachelor's degree in exercise science from Brigham Young University. And uh, he, as I mentioned earlier, is also uh, an author on Amazon Marketplace Dilemma. And today with him, we are going to discuss uh, the intricacies of participating on large e-commerce platforms and how you can smartly participate in them by doing the right things and positioning your brand in a most effective way on the large e-commerce platform, which are now very commonplace as, uh, as, as good a size of an economy of a country. Welcome, uh, Mr. Hansen. Thanks for having me. So, uh, Joseph, let me just lay a, a brief background before we get into discussion. Uh, so, in our current environment in the digital age, e-commerce is leading the growth in business. Companies like Amazon have become household names. And actually, they're changing the buying behaviors of consumers in a very, very innovative ways. And if we consider Amazon as the representative of e-commerce platforms, and very deservedly so, one can leverage it for growth of its own business. It could be like me, if I want to grow my business, I can grow on Amazon. The reason being, the size of Amazon is bigger than the GDP of almost 130 countries. 
So if it was an economy or a country by itself, it will be at number 61 in the world GDP ranking. So that's the importance of Amazon and how successfully can, somebody can participate in that economy. So for me, participating in Amazon platform is like participating even in an emerging market whose GDP is equal to Amazon, which is uh, almost $136 billion. And if you look at the market cap of Amazon is very high, it's close to half a trillion dollars. So a lot of businesses can participate in this economy and grow for themselves. So the question is, how can this massive platform called Amazon be used smartly to grow your business? And uh, we are gonna discuss uh, with our expert, Mr. Hansen today on how to do it. So Mr. Hansen, uh, first of all, I want to ask a very straight question. Should one sell its products on Amazon and why one should? Well, that's a, that's a great question. Let me start by saying that the decision regarding whether a brand is sold on the Amazon marketplace is not always solely within a brand's control. I, I believe it's better to start with the assumption that any popular brand's products will eventually show up for sale on Amazon. That's whether or not the brand wants those products on the channel. Just by nature of the marketplace and how Amazon allows uh, sellers easy access to create profiles and list products, you're going to find that a brand's products are going to show up on the marketplace, whether or not that brand wants those products there. So knowing that, um, customers, they, they want to be able to find products that they want to buy. If they can't find those products, those customers are going to go looking for a different product. Today, customers can go online and they can check Google or Amazon or a preferred price comparison site and they can quickly establish who has inventory available. And if that product is not available on Amazon, they're going to be purchasing a competitor's product. The greatest brand with the top features, they may be desired by tens of millions of customers, but those customers, like I said, will go looking for a competitor's product if they find that it is repeatedly out of stock. So the onus is on the brand owner to find a way to create product availability in the channels where those large numbers of customers go searching for that brand. With 55% of product search beginning on Amazon, and with Amazon being Google's largest PPC customer, Amazon is the channel with the greatest visibility to customers. Brands that choose to ignore this channel are letting their competitors or their own resellers take advantage of the vast traffic that comes to it. So that's a pretty roundabout way of saying that brands should sell their products on Amazon and that they okay. should leverage uh, the, the vast traffic coming to that channel. So what you're seeing is if, if they do not sell, either the resellers will take advantage of it, of, of their product, or competitors will capture the market share. Correct, correct. Now there's another question that goes right along with this though. That, sec that second question is more complex for brand executives. At its core, this question represents a pivotal kind of fork in the road that we call the Amazon Marketplace Dilemma. And that choice is whether you sell your product to Amazon or sell the product on Amazon as a third-party seller. So it's not just the choice of whether or not product is sold on the channel because product is going to be sold there whether or not you want it to. The question is, do you sell your product directly to Amazon in a wholesale relationship, or do you sell it on the channel? 
which of the which of these paths a brand chooses and the distribution strategy it employs in that domain will determine a brand executive's issues, challenges, and priorities. Hmm. So what's, when you say sell to Amazon and sell on Amazon, what's, what's the main difference between the two? Sell to Amazon means you are selling the product to Amazon and they're branding as Amazon and selling it or they still sell as your brand? That's a great question. So Amazon, from a customer's point of view, Amazon seems like it's just the company Amazon and there's products being sold on the channel. But within Amazon, we really have two different entities. We have what we call um, internally Amazon 1P or Amazon Retail. And if a brand cho chooses to sell directly to Amazon, that's the company they're working with. They're selling product through what's called the Vendor Central platform, and they're selling it at, on a wholesale basis directly to Amazon. And so you would see that product as a customer on the site. It would say that the product uh, is ships from and sold by Amazon. Now, you'll see a host of other products that are that may be ships from and sold, or they may be uh, fulfilled by Amazon, but it's sold by XYZ company or ABC company. Mm -hmm. That's where a company is actually selling on the Amazon platform, utilizing what's called Seller Central, or the Amazon Marketplace. Mm -hmm. But the product isn't sold wholesale to Amazon. They simply pay a commission, typically a 15% commission fee for product that's sold on the channel. Oh, so it, it could be, let's say I just want a charger for my iPhone, uh, and uh, if I order, uh, let's not let me not take iPhone let me say charger for an electrical device which is not as uh, well-known brand as Apple if I order I'm getting a great deal uh, it may be getting shipped from China because that company is already uh, tied up with Amazon and they're paying them commission the order comes to them and they sell it directly absolutely yeah it could be coming from China could be coming from somewhere in the US right um, if that product is being if it ships from and sold by XYZ company, but there, there's another differentiator in there when it says uh, sold by ABC company, you know, delivered by Amazon or fulfilled by Amazon. That means that company is shipping product into Amazon's fulfillment centers here in the U.S. and it uses the same sort of logistical operation that Amazon Retail, Amazon 1P uses themselves. So you get the same sort of experience as a customer buying a product from an FBA offer, which is actually sold by that company, not sold by Amazon, you still get the same experience as a customer getting that within two days and for free with your prime eligibility as if you purchase that product directly from Amazon. Ah, okay. So basically, say for, for, for uh, any user of Amazon platform, if I'm a buyer, I won't see the difference. Correct, correct. Okay, but between the two, if you are the seller through Amazon or Amazon, you may see a different margin for yourself. Absolutely, you'll see a host of differences, right? It's not just margin, but you'll see differences in your ability to control uh, the content on the product listing, your ability to control price, right? As a, as a first party seller selling directly to Amazon on a wholesale basis, you give them your price in a wholesale terms of negotiation, but then they control the list price on site and as they see other people price down product on Amazon or other significant channels online and offline they will price down to match that 
And that can have severe negative effects on your business if you have certain pricing agreements established with other retailers that you need to stay at a map price, like a minimum advertised price. Amazon doesn't care. They will. They want to be the low-cost leader. They'll come down to match that, even if they'll lose money at it. As a third-party seller, you have a lot more control over the product listing content that's on your, your product page, your product detail page, but you also have a lot more control over the pricing. You set the price. If someone prices lower, you can keep it there if you want. Ah, that that's a great difference, which is not otherwise obvious unless you know the whole story inside. That, that's that's wonderful insight, uh, uh, Joseph. Um, we will be taking a short break and we will continue our discussions after the break. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Private equity firms have over $1 trillion to invest. They are the biggest funding source for growing companies. Why do they reject 98% of deals? How do you get the right deal for your company? Join Kevin Fechtmeyer and his partners on the Deal Team 6 to uncover the next winning deal and avoid the financial landmines. Deal Junkie, Cracking the Private Equity Code, is broadcast live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Welcome back. You are listening to The Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. I have with me Mr. Joseph Hansen, an author and founder of Buy Box Experts. And we are today discussing a very interesting subject on how smartly you can use the e-commerce platforms for a profitable growth of business. And uh, we have Joseph with us who is expert on how do you do it on Amazon and uh, we are covering some very important subjects but uh, we may not be covering everything what you want to know about that but in case we miss out something you can always refer to Joseph's book and the book is uh, uh, Joseph can you 
can actually say the name of the book. <laughs> it's the Amazon Marketplace Dilemma. Perfect. The Amazon Marketplace Dilemma. Very interesting book. Gives a, a wonderful insight on the subject. Joseph, uh, my next question to you is, even if a brand doesn't want to sell its product on Amazon, should it consider managing its brand content on the Amazon site? Is that a good idea? I, I believe the, the short answer to your question is yes. And let me explain why. Mm -hmm. In broad terms, sellers of the same SKU or, or product usually end up sharing the same product listing information. That includes things like titles, product descriptions, bullet points, even most of the product images. So if poor content was used to create a product listing in the first place, all sellers of the SKU will use the same poor content to market the product unless one seller goes to some great extremes to file support tickets with Amazon to get content upgraded. And if highly and if high quality content is used to create the listing initially, then all subsequent sellers will benefit from this, often resulting in a disincentive for the first seller to go to extremes to do something whose benefits can't be disproportionately enjoyed by the first seller. Furthermore, 60% of customers recently have said that they want to see content directly from brands. So, so what do we gather from that? The implication here for brands is that it's critical to make sure your product listings on Amazon are properly created and optimized in the first place, whether by a trusted reseller who understands the need for high-quality listings or one that is motivated to create high-quality listings. We've even heard of some brands setting up third-party accounts only for the purpose of creating clean listings for all of their catalog. That way, when other sellers come along to sell the products, there are already high-quality, optimized listings in the catalog to which these other resellers' offers will be added. If the product listings are created by some un unknown gray market seller, it's a pretty safe bet that the listing isn't going to get the same sort of level of TLC that a branding or marketing manager of that brand would apply to marketing materials that he or she uh, would make available to brick-and-mortar channel partners. And if your key competitive brands have figured out how to get high-quality listings created on Amazon while you haven't, then your competitors' listings will have an advantage over your listings because they are more likely to be searchable or discovered by Amazon customers and more likely to have high customer conversion once customers see the content of the product detail pages. So even though this brand may not choose to sell on Amazon, you have so many customers beginning their product search, 55% of customers beginning their product search on Amazon, that the brand's products are being displayed to a host of different customers through Amazon, and you want that brand to be able to display products that match the feel, the persona, the quality of that brand to those customers, because they're going to see them on Amazon. So whether or not you actually physically sell those products to Amazon or on the site, it's important that your products are displayed correctly to those customers that are finding your products on the channel. Um, to, to go on even more, even once the product listings have been created, someone needs to watch this hen house, given just how many koi games other sellers can actually play, creating things like duplicate listings that may not fairly or adequately represent your, your products and your brand. We mentioned this point um, as... As in my organization, we have seen brands invest in building clean listings only to stop 
and ongoing oversight while new sellers create duplicate listings? And how do they do that? They use fake or new UPCs. And then by doing so, they divert traffic to these new listings where only the new sellers are selling. Eventually, the brand's collection of listings can get very polluted with these new unnecessary listings. So unless someone is looking for these types of duplicate and erroneous listings and filing tickets to get these listings removed or merged, the way the brand is overall represented on Amazon can get quickly negatively affected. The bottom line is that we see the process of managing brand content on Amazon as both an initial investment and an ongoing process, ensuring that each brand is properly represented through its catalog's life cycle. Ah, so basically you're saying it, it's a good idea, you know, um, even if you're not selling to manage your brand content on Amazon site. Yeah, and, and for a couple of reasons. Like I said, you have about 55% of consumers beginning their product-related searches on Amazon. So a majority of people that are searching for your brand are going to Amazon first and are going to see your brand's products on there. So you want to make sure they're properly represented to them. You also have Amazon purchasing more than any other company out there in PPC on Google. And you have many of their listings showing up organically above brand sites because Amazon indexes so well with the search engines. You have both paid and, and organic results showing up above what the brand would show up on Google. And so you need to make sure that what shows up on Amazon accurately reflects your brand. Otherwise, customers will see that and they'll go to a competitor's item. Ah. Now, for a layman, what does managing the brand on, on Amazon mean when you're not selling? Just putting your products on Amazon or, or, or using a link on Amazon for people to uh, reach your product but ultimately come to your website, does it mean that? No, uh, what it means is making sure that the product pages on Amazon, those product detail pages, have accurate and high-quality images, titles, descriptions, bullet points that truly ref reflect what the product is and should be. Uh -huh. um, that, that's what it means. And, and there's a lot that really goes into that. It's hard to give a layman's type of interpretation because okay. there is so much technicality behind it. Ah, okay, okay. No problem. Now, um, let me ask you this. Lots of uh, businessmen, entrepreneurs want to sell their brands on Amazon. Uh -huh. uh, so what are the distribution options available for them for um, getting their products effectively onto the Amazon marketplace? Great question. So we, we've already covered two points of distribution, right? Selling directly to Amazon, Amazon retail, that's what we also call 1P, that's a wholesale relationship. We've also talked about selling on Amazon as a third-party seller, right? So that's that's two of those. There, in total, there are six different options available. Some of these may be kind of like a nuance, a little bit of a... a a different wrapping uh, of one of these primary two ways, but in total there are really six different ways to sell your products on Amazon. So they're selling a product directly to Amazon. Um, they're selling it yourself as a third-party seller on the site, but then there also includes the option of selling through some distributors or other resellers on the site, right? That would 
And then there's the option of selling through exclusive third-party resellers. So naming a few trusted resellers to be the exclusive reseller of your product on the channel. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, um, there's a blended approach. So a number of brands actually sell directly to Amazon and also have a third-party account. Mm -hmm. And that comes into play where certain product mixes are more profitable selling directly to Amazon and, and some are more profitable selling in the third-party route or they may want to have a lot of their product catalog and third-party for control and they have what we would almost term a few sacrificial SKUs that are offered directly to uh, Amazon retail to appease that team. The other option, which is one that I don't recommend, is what we call the do-nothing approach. Ah, right. <laughs> so you must participate. <laughs> right, which is Do something. where resellers sell your product and there's no brand guidance on the channel. And unfortunately, we find a lot of brands in that predicament. Okay, okay. Great discussions, uh, Joseph. Uh, uh, we'll take another short break and we'll continue our discussions after the break. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. milestones do we rack up in our lives? From marriage to changing jobs, buying a home, and starting a family. We think we have our money and finances figured out, but it isn't that easy. Learn how to plan, set, and achieve your financial goals by tuning into Money Counts, unleashing your money's hidden potential with host Debbie Peterson. It's time to take control of your personal cash flow. Listen every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back. 
Uh, you're listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. I have with me Mr. Joseph Hansen, an author and co-founder of Pi Box Experts. Uh, as you saw, we had uh, very good discussions in first two uh, sessions about what you can do to participate in, I would call it an economy called Amazon, which is more than $130 billion uh, e-commerce platform. Uh, you you will hear a few more uh, good points about what you should do to participate in this so-called economy. But if you want to know more about it, you can read Joseph's book called Amazon Marketplace Dilemma. So the, the next question which I have in our discussions, uh, Joseph, should the companies wholesale their product to sell on Amazon? And what are the consequences if you do so? That's another great question. So many brand companies, big or small, get pretty excited when Amazon asks to wholesale product uh, to sell on Amazon. Yet those brands don't understand the consequences of working directly with Amazon. Um, some of those consequences are that brands will lose some significant margin and control in a direct wholesale relationship with Amazon. And they also um, they also have a trade-off in, in other areas of operation as well. Um, as far as Amazon is the one that determines how much inventory is stocked, um, and Amazon offers certain promotional opportunities that may or may not actually benefit the brand, and Amazon controls pricing, as we've mentioned earlier. So there are some trade-offs to selling directly to Amazon. The benefit is that Amazon places a PO for the product, and the product is purchased, it exchanges hands, and Amazon now owns the product and the company's paid for it, um, minus any types of chargebacks or other fees that Amazon charges. Whereas when a brand sells product on the marketplace, they do typically gain margin, they gain a lot of control over the listing content and pricing, they gain control over how much product they send into the Amazon fulfillment centers uh, for FBA, but they they also, they are taking a big risk there, right? They are actually putting product on the channel and it's it's almost consignment in essence to where if customers don't purchase the product, then they're not gonna get any income versus when you sell product directly to Amazon, the onus is on Amazon really to promote that product, to make it sell, because Amazon is purchasing the product. All right, and the inventory in that case belongs to Amazon since they placed an order? Correct. That's oh, okay, correct. okay, so inventory carrying cost is on Amazon. Yes. All right. Now, uh, moving on, Joseph, suppose there is a situation in which a brand discovers that its products are being sold on Amazon by the company. They don't know. They don't recognize who is that. Is there any way to fix such problem? And if yes, how do you fix or control these kind of issues from happening? Well, that's that's a pretty loaded question. Um, we spend a good portion of our book actually describing the complex set of circumstances and issues that lead to a distribution mess on Amazon. And we cover a range of topics for brand executives to address key points within their business that lead to such problems. You see, Amazon is an open marketplace where practically anyone with product can sell the product. 
the marketplace enables anyone with your product to sell it, but the marketplace isn't the cause of your product being sold. If you're finding your products being sold on Amazon without your permission or your desire, keep in mind that that's a symptom of something elsewhere that's resulting in products being made available on Amazon. Uh-huh. So let, let me give you a typical scenario. In the beginning, you launch a brand and probably sell it to a number of small retailers. Um, you're getting into big big box distribution as well. You're getting excited to see these sales and you seek more retailers to distribute your brand. Um, you decide to let the distributor do some of the hard work for you, promoting your brand to channels that you don't know well. In time, your brand becomes more popular as more customers try out the product, seek to repurchase it, and recommend it to others. You might even have an online presence through your own account or one of your retailers. But then the day comes that you either discover yourself or you're notified by a pretty upset brick-and-mortar retailer that your brand is being sold on Amazon, usually at a price much lower than what you want. You're confused about this as you've never sold your product to Amazon or expressly told any retailer distributor that they that they couldn't sell on Amazon. But guess what? Chances are some of the third-party resellers selling your products on Amazon have company names you've never heard from your sales team. And you're like, what is going on? Well, for a great market product to be, to be interesting to a reseller, two conditions typically need to be present. There needs to be a meaningful margin opportunity, so they need to have some sort of room for them to actually make some profit. And there need to be limited roadblocks to selling that product quickly, right? Gray market sellers are looking for quick hit opportunities. The margins simply aren't there to support multiple levels of reselling, then the gray market seller will move on to another brand. Or if there are too many threats to the gray market seller being able to move product quickly, then again, they'll move on to some other brand to pursue. Um, it, it's, it's here that I would make the point that there are a number of things that brands can actually do to make their product less attractive to gray market opportunities on the channel. Right, And one of those things they can do is they can offer different prices to different channels. If one channel is consistent, or, I'm sorry, um, there, there are a number of things they can do that make it more appealing, right? Right. Uh, and so if you are creating a, a price disparity across channels, then you're, you're creating an opportunity for what we call retail arbitrage. If you're offering price at a much, if you're liquidating product, it's going to find its way back onto Amazon because you're creating margin opportunity there. Does that make sense? Right, right. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So here, there are some things that we can do to make your product less attractive to these gray market sellers, right? Um, one thing that you can do is for certain types of resellers that you know you can't enter into with specific agreements to make sure they don't sell on channels like Amazon, you can offer them a higher price for your product to make sure that there's less margin there, less opportunity, or, and less opportunity for them to sell that product on Amazon. You can create reseller policies that clearly outline your rules and the consequences of not following your rules. Um, for a variety of legal reasons, I would make sure to roll out these reseller policies unilaterally so they are contracts. Contracts can put you into antitrust issues, and I would, I would stay away from these things. We want these to be unilateral policies that are implemented. I would create and enforce policies around minimum advertised price or a minimum resale price. 
Again, these shouldn't be contracts, but rather unilateral communicated policies. And here, enforcement is critical. Um, you need to make sure distributors and retailers know that you are paying attention. If you catch someone breaking the rules and decide to drop them as a distributor retailer, make sure that you actually get the word out so everyone knows that you're serious. Uh, number four, I would, where it's realistic, offer uh, manufacturer warranties with your products. You can make these warranties available uh, only on products that are purchased from authorized resellers. As made clear several times to us by trademark attorneys, the authorized seller's warranty versus the unauthorized seller's lack of warranty does, in fact, constitute a material difference in the products. What does that material difference mean? It means that you can utilize trademark law to actually enforce your rights to get unauthorized sellers off the channel. It's a complex process, and we recommend that you utilize some appropriate legal firms that have a lot of expertise in this. We name a number of those in our book um, that you can go to, and they can help you set up these policies and enforce them and utilize them in order to keep a, a, a relatively clean channel. Some of the other things you can do, um, if it's applicable, you can offer what we call post-sale customer service uh, and do that only for customers that purchase from authorized resellers. Again, this creates another material difference that gives you a lot of the uh, the legal force and teeth necessary to, to enforce your trademark rights. You can work on getting your brand gated or restricted on Amazon. This is a pretty hard thing to do. Very few brands get it done. It's typically only going to be accomplished if you have a product that has some sort of health or safety concern, right? Products that are applied on top of the skin or in the body or have some other health or safety concern that present a potential liability to Amazon. Amazon's going to be more likely to gate that type of product, and you're going to have to have overwhelming evidence of counterfeit product that has posed a risk to customers already. If you can put that together in some sort of good form, um, and citing that material, give that to Amazon. It'll take a while, but um, that will increase your chances of getting your product actually gated on the site, which is another way of saying get it. the sales are restricted to where only you could sell that product or Amazon could sell it. Mm -hmm. um, some other things you should do on your brand website, I would list your authorized resellers for customers and retailers to see. Um, this is all part of demonstrating to gray market sellers that you're keeping an eye on what's happening to your products. Another thing you can do is uh, put serial numbers or batch numbers on your products and then tie these numbers back to specific distributors and retailers. Then when you test buy unauthorized sellers' products, you can easily identify the source of the product. And that makes it a lot easier to take action to kind of close up those leaky distribution points. Uh, I, I like to, to tell our clients and prospective clients that Amazon is the channel where all of your distribution sins come to fruition. So if you have any type of le leaky distribution points and you're out there, you're going to see that creep back up on Amazon. Uh, that's so a very utilize... good point because that, that even allows you to find out <laughs> that what's the issue with your di distribution channel if you start seeing the products on, on Amazon. Exactly. Right. And you so are you not have, doing it. If you have batch numbers, if you have serial numbers on your product, if you have a way of, and then those are tied to the people that you're selling the product to, mm -hmm. then you can purchase that. You can see, when you see unauthorized product uh, pop up on the channel, you can purchase that product and you can find out where that product is originating from, right? 
Um, the last, the last, and definitely pretty important point is that you need to control your returns process more co- closely. Not just customer returns, but distributor returns and lots that failed initial production testing. Know who's testing your products and what happens to products that are deemed unresellable. Do spot checks to make sure that these unre- unresellable products really aren't resellable and that they aren't being diverted somewhere else. Keep track of how many units come into returns and where each unit ultimately ends up. Too many brands overlook what happens with their returns and can allow thousands of new condition units to get moved out of the site and into the arms of, of pretty strong-willed opportunists. Ah, so they may be trying to sell the the returns. They may buy somewhere in bulk in wholesale and sell it right here. Absolutely. So mm. I, I think all of this together shows that there isn't really one silver bullet to mm-hmm. solving distribution problems on Amazon. Really, it takes a comprehensive approach in having tight controls and distribution in returns and actually in the sales process and, and tracking product as well. Yeah, you're right, because you listed out a lot of good actions which people should consider. And it's not that one can take all of them. It is pick and choose where you can protect. Like you, you made a very good point about the warranty and post-sale service. Now, the, those can be applicable to a kind of a product. If you're buying a book or something like that where the warranty is not applicable or post-sale service is not required, it's okay. Then you, you look into the other eight or nine points you mentioned. So it's more Absolutely. of a pick and choose to your kind of product because Amazon really caters to a variety of products. Right. Well, I would I would definitely suggest that you incorporate as many of these elements as possible mm-hmm. within your business. Have as tight control and distribution as possible. Have um, a, a lot of additional elements applied to your products and post-sale value and manufacturer's warranty. Um, having serial numbers applied to your products, closely monitoring returns. I would incorporate that as much as possible. There may be instances where a brand is limited in some of these aspects and cannot perform some of these. Um, there's always going to be unique situations where brands can't do one or two of these things, but I would do as many of them as you can. Perfect. So basically, you have given enough options for people to consider and, and protect their product on uh, the Amazon marketplace. Well, thank you, Joseph. We'll uh, again take a short break and we'll continue after the break. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. your company's marketing plan. Could it use a little help? For most businesses, the answer is yes. Tune in each week to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. 
Host Janet Kunst and her guests will show you how and where to bring your marketing to the next level. Each show will feature action strategies that you can implement right away and see results. We'll make this easy for you. Start by tuning in every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back. You're listening to The Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. I have with me Mr. Joseph Hansen, who is the author of the book, Amazon, The Marketplace Dilemma. And he's also a founder of Buy Box Experts. And he's with me today to discuss a very interesting topic. How can you smartly use the e-commerce platforms for profitable growth of business. In the last three segments, we talked about uh, Amazon, how what you can do, how you can protect yourself from third-party resellers uh, or others leveraging your products on the platform. Uh, Joseph, coming to the very last question, I have a que- I have a question on, on on the brand spending. So every year. Brands spend millions of dollars advertising on Amazon. Do you think they get the desired returns on it? And how do you see one can unlock the real and the true potential for the brands here? Those are some great questions. So I would start off by saying that the Amazon advertising platform which incorporates Amazon Media Group, the display and retargeting platforms that they have available, the AMS platform, which has headline ads and product display ads, and then the sponsored advertising platform. All those things together is growing leaps and bounds year over year. There's a lot of opportunity for brands to make a big splash on the Amazon marketplace by putting together a good approach to the channel and then comprehensively utilizing the ads platform in a good way. But I would ask brand executives first to consider Amazon as a three-legged stool, though, with advertising as only one of those critical pillars to make it stable um, or even a thriving channel. The other two legs are distribution control and catalog, respectively. So as we've talked about before, 
a brand must first clean up the channel by incorporating the right distribution policies uh, and other product protections and utilizing the right legal help to police the channel or any efforts spent at advertising will drive sales, growth, and, and opportunity to other sellers, which would make the product line that much more attractive for unauthorized resellers to offer on Amazon. Second, the brand needs to invest the right time and infrastructure in creating and maintaining an optimized catalog on the channel. Otherwise, advertising drives lots of sessions or, or visits um, to those product pages, but with poor quality and conversions or a low conversion rate. So once those two legs are firm in place, right, the, the channel control or brand control leg and then the channel catalog or product catalog leg, once you get those firmly in place, then the brand can effectively create an advertising strategy that utilizes sponsored ads, headline ads, product display ads, retargeting, and even some top funnel display advertising through AMG or other partners that utilize the Amazon advertising platform. Otherwise, what you're doing is you're raising the water level for all these other great market sellers, or you're, or you're sending a bunch of traffic to product pages that don't convert. So you need to make sure those, those two core elements are firmly in place, and then you can focus on building out a good advertising platform, then and only then. Mm-hmm. So do you think uh, with the kind of platform Amazon is, um, if, if somebody is trying to decide for his or her product, that should it be put on Amazon or not? Is there any some kind of you know overall guideline you can give? that what you should consider or what kind of products are are more conducive to be sold on Amazon and what are not. I, I, I would give an example, like typically capital goods, large uh, uh, equipment, they probably are not yet ready for that kind of stuff. But in the sphere of retailing and other pieces, uh, what do you think some of the products which are must use Amazon. Some are, uh, okay, you can, you may not. Some are, you know, just advertise. Some forget it. Hmm. Uh, so that's an interesting question. I would, I would take a step back and say, and look at Amazon's critics, right, over the past 20 years, when, when Amazon began selling books on their platform, and then branched into other channels, and people said, well, what is this book? What is this online book retailer doing selling toys, right? Right. Oh, well, then as Amazon branched into other channels in electronics and came out with their own e-reader, Kindle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and as Amazon branched into sports and outdoors and fashion and then even grocery, um, and then all the critics over Amazon's Prime program and getting products delivered within two days. Well, what we've seen is that Amazon has had, because of, Jeff Bezos's great ability to storytell to the investor world and tell them, despite Amazon's lack of profits, that it, he delivered a vision to them that we're growing, we're growing, we're growing, and we're going to reach a point at which we'll be unstoppable. Um, and investors bought into that. Amazon has had 
almost unlimited access to capital and the cheapest capital that we've probably ever seen in the modern world, which has allowed them to build an infrastructure which surpasses any other company out there and gives them the leverage to deliver all different types of goods to customers that no other company can compete with now. And so, yes, there may be, you know, large equipment doesn't make sense to sell on Amazon today, but it may in the future, right? Um, and, and there may be certain industries in which Amazon hasn't tapped into, uh, specifically like grocery delivery to places that are more rural, um, whereas they have, you know, very good grocery delivery and, and prime pantry and things like that that deliver in, in metropolitan areas. Well, I think that's changing. Amazon definitely has a goal to have same day delivery in every state eventually, at least the, the contiguous 48 states. But, and so I would not count Amazon out from those other categories. I would say it's typically a matter of when, not a matter of if for any category to sell on Amazon. Ah, so basically it's all about matter of time. You're absolutely right. They started with the books and they went all over the place where nobody expected them to be and they have challenged all the existing players who were in the retail business or they were in stores. Perfect. Uh, just if we are almost heading to the end of our program and uh, if you like to make some closing comments, I'll really appreciate that. Sure. I would, I would just reiterate uh, to brand owners and brand executives out there that the Amazon channel is here to stay and that the Amazon channel is becoming the main path for consumers to research products and to consume product. And so it's imperative for brand owners to understand that a, the head in the sand, the, the do nothing approach mentality will harm your brand. And whether or not you choose to actively sell your product on Amazon, your product is going to be sold by, by someone on the Amazon platform if your brand is of any real relevance. So considering that, I would implore you to bring in either outside or internal expertise with the channel and develop the right systems and processes that will allow you to list and control your, your, your catalog content on the channel that will allow you to control um, within reason the types of people selling your product on the channel, um, whether or not that's you or some exclusive reseller or a number of different resellers or Amazon selling the product. Um, and that will give you greater control over pricing and things like that and will give you greater insight and control over your distribution of your product. Otherwise, you tend to wake up to a big mess on Amazon that's affecting other parts of your business. And once you've done those things, I then advise you to build out a good advertising strategy on Amazon that will help propel those SKUs to sell better than your competition and will, and will deliver a healthy return on investment for you. Oh, that's that's fantastic. That's very good summary, Joseph, because as uh, we discussed during the start of our program, that it, consider that you have a buying power uh, equal to revenue of Amazon of last year, 136 billion available on this channel. And it could be, it's like a country at 61st rank in the world GDP 
with that kind of uh, uh, consumers coming and buying 136 million billion sorry you don't want to miss the opportunity now the question is how do you effectively and smartly do it and uh, that is what uh, Joseph shared with us today and uh, you were listening to the discussion with Joseph Hansen today uh, who is the author of Amazon marketplace dilemma Thank you, Joseph. It was a pleasure to have you in our program and have a very interesting discussion. Thanks so much for having me, Mahesh. Really appreciated the time. Thank you.